0: What's up, guys? Episode 5, Metal to the Masses Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Uslar. This week, I had the opportunity to sit down with a long, long long-time friend of mine, Malcolm, aka Dead Guy. This is someone that you guys probably don't know. He's not a prominent figure in the fitness industry or anything like that, but he is a good friend with a crazy, crazy story. It's a very inspiring story. The things that he's had to overcome over the last, you know, 10, 15 years of his life with, you know, some very um, serious health issues. You know, he sat down and opened up and, you know, talked about those regardless of how emotional and how hard they are on him. We talked about how we first met through music, you know, so bringing it back to this podcast. You know what it's all about, his experiences in the music scene, and you know his eventual you know struggles with his health, how that you know brought him into fitness, and how it reconnected us later on in life. We we talk a little bit about our you know creative backgrounds, our two different brands, my brand Cold Mind, his brand Dead Guy, and how we work together in the screen printing uh, side of things. But again, his story, his health, what he's overcome, and his outlook on life—it is hugely inspiring to me and i hope that you guys find it inspiring as well um hope you enjoyed this week's episode of metal to the masses here we go my dude malcolm dead guy baby what's good brother welcome on the podcast yo was good, homie? This is so funny, man. I posted on my story the other day, like, oh, you know, who who do you guys want to see on my podcast? And I got a lot, of, a lot of different, you know, people in the fitness industry or music industry or whatever. But I guess Malcolm, like, posted it and, like, sent it to some of his friends. And was like, yo, go vote dead guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. As so I was sitting in the hospital, and I'm like, shit, I want to, you know, I want to talk some shit with the homie for a little bit. And, you know, I've known you for a long time. It's so, so it's funny, been, man. Yeah, it was hilarious, dude. You texted me that, and you were like, dead? And I'm
0: like, yeah, that's uh, funny as fuck. Man. So got a good, little man. Army, man it was great so most of you guys probably have no idea who the hell malcolm is all right he's not i'm sorry he's not one of the fitness celebrities but this guy has got a crazy story i've known him for over 15 years now we've known each other for a very very long time and uh you know like i said he's got a crazy story that we're gonna we'll slowly dive into towards the end um but uh but yeah malcolm just give give a quick uh, quick intro about yourself
1: yeah so uh malcolm valdivia Nice to meet you all. Uh, born in Brooklyn, New York. Raised here in Miami, Florida. Um, fucking crazy, crazy life, man. Uh, owner of Dead Guy Designs. Shout out to everyone that has ever supported. Um, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, man, just, uh, you know, father of two. Uh, humble dude,
0: happy to be alive, happy to L- be healthy. Lover of heavy music, lover of heavy music. There you go. Don't lover don't worry, guys. Even though you don't know who he is, he falls into the the metal music loving and also the weight loving.
1: Oh yeah. But uh,
0: me and Malcolm, we first met like. Most people, as you guys know from this podcast, my first love was music before it was the gym. Same for Malcolm. Yep. That's how we first met very, very long time ago. Early on into my local show da- show days, you know, I remember seeing his band. And uh, so, yeah, usually the way that I kind of set this podcast off is I like to hear, you know, my guest's kind of backstory and life story. Like I said, later in Malcolm's life, things get pretty crazy. But let's rewind it. Let's start it from the beginning. You know, where where did you first find yourself getting attracted to heavier music? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the underground music or anything like yeah. that, but where, what were your first interactions with music in general, and when did it start going to a heavier style of music? Yeah,
1: um, so honestly, I started hip-hop was my initial, you know, in like kind of invite into music, and what, went, what was music, right? Um, my brother's listening to 80s hip-hop, Me being from Brooklyn, I kind of, you know, dove in a little bit at a young age of understanding, you know, lyrics and understanding stories and and following these stories um, and kind of developing my sense of what, you know, my interpretation of whatever it was I was listening to. And then later on, kind of in middle school was really when I started skateboarding with the homies um, and I got into like kind of Slipknot and fucking, you know, System of a Down and all this other stuff. And that was really like an eye opener for me because of like the messaging and the aggression. And I was a super fucking angry kid yep. like growing up yep. all the time. You know what I mean? Like just kind of trying to find myself and figure out, you know, who the fuck I was, uh, you know, single mom, two kids, figuring out life kind of, you know, growing up younger than I should have. Right. Yep. I, didn't really, I enjoyed my childhood, but at the same time, it was like I had to be responsible for me and my younger brother uh, and, and do all that shit. So kind of just, like, skipping school, fucking skating, eating shit, and learning about life, right? Like, yeah. you know, any normal any normal kid, I guess you can say. Um, so that was kind of, like, my introduction to, like, heavy music slip not really, like, put me on. And I was like, man, this is fucking sick. Like, watching Joey on the drums, just, like, you know, old shit. And then from there, uh, transitioned, like, obviously high school, um, started getting into, like, the most, like, more, like, post-hardcore, you know, Poison the Well, um, stuff like that, and then poison
0: the well. If you guys don't know that, that it, were, were you in South Florida at that point? Yeah. Okay. so oh, yeah. Poison the well is a staple South Florida yeah. band in the late '90s, early 2000s. You'd say it was around that time frame, like early 2000s. Yeah. Something for like that?
1: Sure. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, it's like fucking sliced paper wrists. And yeah. Like all that uh-huh. stuff, you know. Um, and that was just like holy shit. I saw them for the first time, and I fucking lost my mind. I was like, this is. I found my home yeah uh, when you know when yeah. I like, got into like the post hardcore scene and shit, I think it was really funny because that show was one of my first shows that I ever went to to like see a big band per mm-hmm. se a- in my eyes right like they were they were fucking huge uh and I'm just standing there. I don't know anything about the culture per se, so I'm just standing there right, and like people are just fucking flying everywhere, throwing punches, just fucking I'm like, man, this is insane. Some chick comes over and punches me dead in my face nice and I was like, yo. Fuck yeah! Yeah, this is it. Like, this is like where my aggression and where my anger and where all these things that I can like kind of let out. And then I started playing music, and that was just even better for me because it's kind of therapeutic. You know what I mean? Like, for you know, people like to go to the gym to let off stress, or you know, whatever it is. And, you know, sit at the beach in the morning. My shit was just like I need to be around aggressive people. On the weekends, chill with the homies, you know what I mean? Like, let it all out from, like, whatever frustration we had and then kind of just go about the day not trying to, like, fight people and shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was, like, kind of cool. You could just go get your ass kicked and it was fine. Yeah. Like, homie would pick you up after or you catch beef, whatever the fuck it was. Like, it, it was there. It was It was centralized. It was there. It didn't kind of, like, span out and everybody understood what it was. And that was, like, man, like, such an eye-opener for me as a kid. Yeah, but that was fucking great. And then playing music, obviously, um, you know, like you said, we, we go way back and like touring, doing all that, man, I've, I got to see so many different cities, gone to Chicago, I've gone to fucking New York, um, which was really cool playing in New York, obviously, because I'm from there, um, like, it's just so epic, like the way music kind of raised me, because I didn't really like have a dad to kind of show me what it was to be a man, he was in and out of my life, and, and that was kind of, you know, a little rough for me, but um, music really just, like, kind of fucking grabbed me and was like, yo, dude, like, get your shit together. You want to be a fucking, like, you want to be a man? Like, let me show you about life. Yeah. Let me show you about, like, fucking drugs. Let me show you about all this shit. And I picked all that stuff up, man. Like, luckily I never got, like, addicted to anything. I would say more just, like, smoking pot. Obviously we live in Miami. You mm-hmm. know, you know how that goes. Uh, we want to dive into what we can do out here. <laughs> take a trip. You know what I mean? Um... But you know, watching a lot of my fucking friends get addicted, and a lot of my friends pass away, all that shit, man. Like, it kind of just like, man, really put life into perspective. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, my shit happened. Yeah. And I've it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, it was it was a
0: lot of years of so you know you you starting in the in so if you guys hear post hardcore a lot of you guys might not understand what that that term means. 'Cause that was like a thing that was really popular in the early two thousands. So that it's essentially like kinda what emo music is, but it was emo without the guys just wearing like, you know, a lot of eyeliner and like <laughs> like the used emo. The used emo kind of came after. This was like it was still kind of in the hardcore scene and still accepted in the hardcore scene. Yeah. And um Kind of blended what metalcore then eventually developed into before metalcore started really taking off in like 2004, 2005, 2006, and uh, and yeah, around 2006 that's when you and I first met each other. Probably one of the first uh, at life point. It was probably one of the first times we met each other. Yeah, dude. I remember those days, man. This was a venue all the way out in Homestead. It was about an hour and a half from where I lived, and I would take the Metrorail 10 stops down, (laughs) wait, I take a bus to the Metrorail, take the Metrorail, Metrorail all the way down, and then get on a bus that went all the way down US 1 from 100th. The hundredth, like hundredth street, whatever the hell it is, all the way to like three hundredth, right? Like far, man. We were, you were almost the keys then, pretty much. And uh, for me, I know I'm I'm a couple years younger than you, so it was me. It was being a kid and same thing over those next couple years, kind of you know finding myself and learning a lot through the music scene because it's like well, people, you know, you heard me talk about it in previous podcast with uh, with Walter and again here with Malcolm. It's like ultimately the music scene really just gave us a home and it also it, it taught us just massive amounts of lessons it taught us a lot of things about life that you know we didn't have father figures or anyone in our life to kind of show us and it just it's very much like a kind of a street oriented thing that it's like you have to learn how to live and you have to learn how to live fast you know and oh yeah those are just the lives that we live and that's why you know like we were i guess attracted to each other we become friends and and yeah, so we, we we knew each other for a couple of years. Then played in different bands, and then you know as we get older, right, in the early two thousands, start start playing a little bit less music. Stop start, start being involved in the music scene a little bit less. Right. But you know, regardless, it's like for people like us, it's always a huge, huge, huge prominent part of our lives. But uh, so yeah, that's I guess you know kind of our music backgrounds. So then so then dive into you know where your life started going. Okay, you, you played music. Yeah. Um, where where did it kind of go from there
1: man so uh i would say it's like 2011 uh i was in a band called restore the glory at the time and we were you know we started like it was like hardcore punk yeah um, just like kind of touring and doing that and then i got slapped with you know my whole like health issue which at like 16 i was diagnosed with fsgs I'm not going to give you the, the scientific name because n- nobody's going to fucking remember. So if you just like type in FSJS on go. Google, you, f- you figure it out. Um, so it's basically an autoimmune disease, and what it does is it basically takes your kidney, your native kidneys, and it recognizes it as a foreign body, and it attacks it. Um, there's no cure for it. It's not genetic. It's kind of like one of those, like, I'm one in I don't even know how many million people that have it, right? Um, so that started uh, – from 16 to 22, I would say, um, it just decreasing, 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 and then I were you I having
0: to do any medical treatment or anything at that point? Just
1: follow-ups, man. Honestly, it was yeah. really just like kind of, hey, we're gonna check your numbers. There's really not much we can do. We can give you steroids to kind of control it, but there's no way of there's no cure for it, right? right. You can you can keep it at bay, but eventually, inevitably, your kidneys end up shutting down. Uh, So that's what happened. Right. My kidney shut down. Uh, I did dialysis for about a year and a half. My brother ended up donating his kidney to me. You know, my brother, Brandon. (laughs) Um, So he donated his kidney to me, had that kidney for about seven
0: years. And so this was, this was back, uh, about how long ago you had your first kidney transplant? 2011, May, okay. t- May
1: 11th, 2011.
0: Yeah. And I remember that was around cause you and I had, we hadn't, we'd seen each other on and off, Yeah, you know, Yeah, yeah. like both of us being less involved in the music scene, whatever it was. And then I remember it was probably around 2012 or 2013 when we got reintroduced to each other. So yeah. you had that kidney transplant. Mm-hmm. And pre- previous to that, you weren't really doing anything fitness related. You had you had skated and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's it was just it, it. it really was just skating.
1: Yeah, skating was like my main thing, and that's you know that was kind of like what I did to be fit. You right. Know? But like, you know, a little bit of weights here and there, nothing crazy, just to keep my
0: body where I wanted it to be. Right. Um, surfing, shit like that. I was more like active, like sports. Yeah. You know. So you get that first kidney transplant. How did they feel about that? They thought that okay, you have this kidney transplant, you're good to go now. Yeah. I
1: so mean, it was okay. So. It was always, um, hey, there's a possibility of rejection again, right? Right. Any transplanted organ, heart, kidney, liver, lung, whatever, you always run that risk. Your your immune system's compromised. Any little thing could really trigger it to to kind of combat itself because your body is tricking itself with the medications that you take to think that this is mine. But in reality, it's not. So it could go south very
0: quickly. Right. How Often. often does that happen, though?
1: Um, man, I, I know people that have had their transplants for 15, 20 years. Right. Um, right. someone with my, but they have a, a simpler
0: case than they do they have a simpler yeah, case. Yeah. Right. So
1: it, a lot of the times, right. It's, oh, your kidney shut down because it's drug related. Mm-hmm. And that's, I kept getting that question all the fucking time. I was sitting dialysis and I was like 21. Everybody around me is in their fucking, you know, forties, fifties, sixties. I'm the youngest one there. The lady's always like, Oh, did you do drugs? You know, where you did you do heroin? Did you do Coke? Did you do and I was like, No, like I have this. And then right. when you were like, even some medical professionals, like, obviously not doctors, but more like caseworkers and like nurses and shit like that, you're like, Oh, I have FSGS and like, what the fuck is that? Right. Let me go look it up. I was just, you know, right. So it's kind of it was really weird, man. Like, I I've never, I don't think I've ever met anybody with it. Um, I know it's out there, obviously not with the internet and shit like that, like, you can find people and, and, you know, whatever, but I've never personally met anybody face-to-face that I could say, oh, shit, you have that too, like, how's it treating you, you know, Um, so yeah, it was was really, like, really kind of crazy for me to, like, comprehend and adjust to, but... The, f- the first seven years, you know, I, I was able to like accomplish a lot post transplant, just stay with my meds, you know, eat right and, and kind of do that. And that's when I started to dive into fitness yeah, because I was like, well, that whole like treat my body like my temple, you know, type shit that I, I kind of started to like really like understand what that meant. And more just, like, it's not a fucking, like, oh, here, let me post this on Instagram so everybody thinks this is fucking cool and this is my life. No, like, this is legit. Like, I need to eat right. I need to, you know, sleep right. I need to think right. Like, all those things attribute to your body, your flow. Like, what you're doing, like, how you're treating yourself is really important. Um, So that's when I got into, like, CrossFit later on. Uh, I would say maybe four or five years into my transplant is when i started doing yeah probably around
0: 2014 2015 yeah 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 20, yeah 2014
1: 2015 2016 is when i moved back from puerto rico okay yeah, yeah yeah so i lived in puerto rico for a while um shout out to the fucking hardcore scene over there bro those boys <laughs> those boys throw fucking down bro like it's amazing over there and i love that was such a fucking cool experience for me like learning about a different cultures what made you move over scene? there or? I, no, I ended up working for a skate company at the time and they gave me a position to go open more stores over there. So it was always like one of those things that I really wanted to do because uh, my family's from there. Obviously, I was raised, you know, like in the culture, but I never understood, you know, like what it is to be uh Puerto Rican, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like my grandma, my grandfather. Like you know, we eat con gandule and all this other type shit. But it was like we were the new Eurekans, You know, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm born in America, so even though they're still part of the Americas, like it's it's a completely different place. Um, so I, I I took it, man. I I jumped on it and and I lived there for about a year and a half, almost two years, and it was such a fucking trip, man. Like the lifestyle is way laid back super chill, but you can get into really sticky situations <laughs> really fucking quick over there. Um Bet. which was which was dope, man. Like all the hardcore shows that I would go to were in like the grimiest areas. Uh and and that, you know, it kind of brought me back to Miami where I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm I'm twelve years old at Churchill's, like yeah. getting fucking crazy, getting bucked and, you know, doing dumb shit. Um so it was cool to be over there and it was cool to like kind of, you know, hey, I'm from Miami and like I had met a lot of people that toured over here and i played shows with them so it was cool to connect um you know on that aspect and then my boy richard uh shout out to my boy niggs um kind of showed me around the island man taught me about you know everything there like really like to understand like hey this is this is how we do shit you know um and it was great man it was such a fucking experience so when i moved back uh that's when i got into crossfit and and my boy Frank and Chris and kind of like that little like crew like we we played music together. So it was like, what are you guys up to? Like we, you know, right. it's cracking with you. I'm back from Puerto Rico. Like what's right. everybody into? And you know, there was at the time everybody was you know going to soul. Oh yeah, and man! That, that, that was the, the shit. Yeah, yeah. That and was the that, fucking spot,
0: man. And then that's when we reconnected. That was Seoul. That was the CrossFit gym. That if you guys know my story where, you know, I got into fitness in 2012 as a means of getting sober. And, you know, I started working at that gym by around 2013. So then Malcolm came along 2015 and I'm like, holy shit, dude, I haven't seen you in, you know, six, seven years. Yep. And, uh, and the next thing I know, you know, you were, you were, you were kicking it there. You were, you got into Olympic. I never, I know you did CrossFit for a while, then you were doing Olympic weightlifting for yeah, a while yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Man.
1: that was fun, man. It, it was such a transformation. Uh, like, the mentality was the same as our scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we ran that shit like a fucking squadron. Bro. Yeah. And, it, and it's still, I mean, it's still the same, like, and, and I appreciate everything that I've learned from there. Like, you know, Sean, Danny, fucking Louie, all of them, man. They're, like, fucking forever in my heart, bro. Like, such good dudes. Uh, obviously you, you know what I mean? Like, when I got there, it was really funny because I was like, oh this little fucking shithead is here like, and everybody it was so funny man because everybody's like man I'm so scared of Alex and like Alex is so mean and like all this shit and I'm here like are you fucking talking about Alex Alex bro I'm like bro oh, that's the homie bro like what are you talking about that's
0: funny but that's because bro you met me in 2016 2006 2007 yeah. when I was still emo core Alex <laughs> yeah. you hadn't known the evolution that it no. turned into friggin hardcore Alex yeah, you yeah. know no but I, I was one of the co- everyone liked me as a coach at the gym i was just one of the ones that was a little bit more tough on everyone yeah. and you know I was still breaking out of my rough exterior and becoming more and more of a a people person right. as i am today right right De- <laughs> oh definitely a transformation man i will say oh, that man. And, and
1: leaps and bounds bro like your development has been uh it's been fucking inspirational for me too obviously thank you um, man. Yeah. yeah for sure dude for sure and, and you know give credit where credit's due like we grow man we're men you yeah. know what i'm saying and like when you can understand how to like kind of humble yourself and be more of a people person and shit like that, like sky's the limit, you know what I mean? And, And attribute that to like all of your success and the things that you're doing. So that's, that's really fucking cool. But it was funny, man. It was really cool to kind of reconnect on that aspect and, and like, listen to you when I'm
0: like lifting you're like bro
1: you can't fucking lift shit you're a bitch man. I'm like oh my god I'm like
0: dude fuck. that might have been my motivational style six yeah, years ago yeah, it may or may not have been yes yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was great man because that's the you know what I mean we have that camaraderie like mm-hmm. we, we can do that you know what I'm right. saying so it was, yeah. it was great and like I remember fuck I think it was Lauren was back squatting uh I forgot what the fuck she, the, like the weight or whatever, but I'm here like trying to lift it and you're like, bro, she can do it and you fucking can't. And I'm like, man, <laughs> the next week I came in and I'm like, yo, you were like, oh, now you can fucking lift it. Right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. And and it fucking worked, man. It put me, it really like changed my mindset to kind of like push myself more than, 'Cause I, I, I was I would take it serious, but at the same time I wasn't like I wasn't really like pushing myself to where yeah. I knew I could. Yeah. Um more on the like fear of like, oh man, I don't want to hurt my body, uh, is this too much weight? Should I really be doing this? And I talked to my doctors about it and all that other shit. Um but when I when I really like cracked that barrier and I was like, All right, man, this is like this is my new outlet for my anxiety my frustration mm-hmm. my my whatever was going on i knew i could go there and let it all out and then come out of it calm and peaceful and go about my day and you know work yeah. and do what i needed to do so that was really um like that was a really like pivotal point for me especially with my, like my health and all that shit um and then, yeah, man, now here, here we are now.
0: Yeah, like, so your health was pretty good up until that point?
1: It was, man. It really was. My numbers were good. Uh, I was eating – I was vegan for, like, five years. Uh, and that was, that was a really cool, like, kind of thing for me to try. Um, it really hard to get, like, proteins in. But at the same time, I, like, I just ate a lot. Like, yeah. And it was good, man. My body looked fucking phenomenal. My health was great. I'd wake up in the morning. It was always, like, up at 4.30 in the morning – You know, at the gym by, like, 5.30, do that morning class, go to work, come back, lift, you know, and just, like, really, like, grind it out, man. And it was great, dude. It was really fucking good. Uh, And then, you know, like, my disease started to come back towards the end of it. Uh, So, I would say, like, uh, what, man? Um, Maybe, like, yeah, like, two years after I started, uh, it started to kind of, like, Not that my health started to deteriorate, but, like, signs of rejection started to kind of pop back in. And then that was, like, another, you know, trip for me to, like, figure out and and kind of take time away from the gym and, like, my body, you had to to go back on dialysis
0: at this point? Yeah, yeah, so I ended up. You had been off of it for all these years? I had
1: been off of it for seven years. Yeah. And then ended up back on dialysis in uh, right before my son was born, man. So this was uh, about three years ago. Um, my son will be three in August. So September of 2018 yeah, was when like, I like fucking hit, you know, rock bottom again with my health and shit. And then that was another bounce, you know, kind of bounce back and three figure out like I had done it before. So I, I was used to it. Yeah. So circumstances kind of changed. And then obviously, you know, my, my son was about to be born. Um, so, it, it was really, man, it was really rough, dude. Like, my my kid's mom at the time, like, pregnant. I'm in the hospital. We're figuring this out. Like, it was fucking crazy, dude. And he came out of it, like, super healthy, man. Like, gave me such a new, like, kind of perspective on how to appreciate time, I guess you could say. Uh, and every second, every moment, every minute. And... My whole like perspective on life changed when he was born because like I had to care more about myself. Not that I didn't, but I was going through so much mentally that I was like, "Man, fuck this! Like, I don't want to do this anymore." Right? Um, and it was it was such a shift, dude. Like it it really kind of put me put me in a really positive mind state to so, like I have this little dude. He. Really looks up to me, how can I make it the best for him to be the best person that he can be, and I guide him through life not you're gonna be like me no that's bullshit like and and I know like I probably might rough a little bit like a feather saying that type of shit, but i I could give a fuck because I, my son is his own person, and I am his father at the you know at the same time I guide him and I teach him but i don't I don't implement me or like Everything, my ideals and all my shit on him because he's going to have his own thing. Of you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was really fucking cool, man. Uh, he got me through that. And then this last October.
0: Well, I just, I just want to say me on the outside looking in. So we had stayed in contact, but we weren't like seeing each other all the time. But I saw yeah. some of this unfolding and I was involved when some of it did unfold. And it was it was always very inspiring seeing your outlook and how you approach those things because it's like in how I've heard of it over the years. It, it, this is tough. Like you know, you have this this thing in your life, and you overcome it, and then for it to come back, and to be able to have the mentality that you have that you're still attacking it, and ha- I feel like having your son was a huge thing. And it's like yeah. it's it's your inspiration. I, I just want to say it's like man, I'm I'm super inspired by that, and I just want to thank you for sharing it. I know I know it's yeah, something yeah. that's hard to talk about. But of course, you know? man.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's definitely uh, it's an emotional like roller coaster. Sometimes you know like. You break out fucking crying, you, you fucking lose it, you get angry, but you, man, you just, you find a way to, you find a way to cut it out, you find a way to show him, hey, man, like, life's fucking hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I can appreciate that, man, because it, I don't want, you know, I don't want everything served, uh, I don't want everything served on a fucking silver, you know, silver platter yeah. in life. Yeah, like,
0: of course. You, you, it's great to have it, man. Don't get me wrong. But like. it it gives you an appreciation. Like I've talked about this with a lot of people and it's like, you know, there's the people who, yeah, they're happy, but you know, their lives were very structured and normal and they had everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you're someone like you and me, it's like experiencing what we experience and going through what we go through it. Every little thing that we have, we learn a new appreciation on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and that started from, you know, from the beginning, man. Like yeah. any little
1: new thing that came into my life that, that would like advance me in any way whether it be mentally whether it be fucking emotionally it was it was always you know i was always grateful
0: for it yeah Uh, so that was cool man and then now this past october uh So you were on dialysis, you had to restart dialysis. And that's when you and I, we started working together. We started doing apparel stuff together, screen printing. And I know it was was hard. And it's like, I I was able to see through this time where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, I can work Tuesday, Thursday, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm at dialysis from 8 a.m. until noon, right? That was it, man. That was the grind. It was four hours a week.
1: uh, No, I'm sorry, 12 hours a week, four hour days. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it was shut down. And, and I was still working. Like, yeah. I was still, you know, I had my, yeah. my main job, um, and I was still doing the, the 40 hours a week, uh, printing overnight, you know, like, just fucking gunning it, dude. Yeah. Like, and, and that, it's yeah, honestly, good. like, that's what kept me, like, up on my feet. Because yeah. if not, I would have, you know, I would have probably just, like, been at home, like, Defeated, like oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. And that mentality was just never an option for me. Yeah, like ever. It was never an option for me to like shut it down. It was never an option for me to kind of you know, hey, let me take a break. Like maybe here and there, I'll be like, yo, I'm gonna call out today because I need to fucking rest. Obviously, yeah. right. Um, but you know having my son there and I was like dude nah we need to you know we had what was going on with us like I was taking care of my mom um she was you know battling cancer so that was another thing that like <laughs> I'm here like I have nothing to fucking complain about bro like I got so many different puzzle pieces that need me depend on me like let's get this bro like let's grind it out uh and then yeah, dude. So yeah, it was a
0: period about a year and a half that, that you know, yeah, me at this point, me and Malcolm are working together about twenty nine all all throughout twenty nineteen, and you know we're working on screen printing apparel, mm-hmm. all these things. While he's, it's like I'm me watching this man, it was it was just unbelievable. Like he like he said he was twelve hours a week using Dallas as he was still working a full time job, and then he was coming in overnight and grinding and printing, and it was. It was just so inspirational and in seeing that it's like you know he he wanted this you know to do this for his family and he wanted to do this just to stay fucking focused and yeah. like the the way that you did man like hell yeah it was a hustle, so then man. we we fast forward through this so you you're you're on at this point you're on a waiting list for another kidney is yes. that what it is yeah so yeah. I'm on a
1: waiting list uh, and typically your second transplant man like. Y- your first transplant, that is a that is a gift in itself. Right. I know people that have been on the list for 15, 20 years, like, on dialysis. Right. Right? Um, and my first one, obviously, was my brother, so it was a match. I had to wait a little bit because he was still young. And once he turned 18, it was like, go time. Fine. Uh, the second one was I was definitely not as optimistic about. I didn't want, right, uh, because I was like, you know what? I'm comfortable on dialysis, like, a transplant is only going to kind of, you know, like not, I don't want to say mess things up because that's a fucked up thing to say, but it was just kind of throw my schedule and the way that I already had built, you know, my life. You're used to it. Yeah, I was used to it. And and I was, and I was comfortable Mm -hmm. with what I was doing. Right. Um, And then I find out, you know, we're having a second one. We're having a baby, my daughter, Brooklyn. Um, And it, again, A shift in in time and shift in my mindset a shift in everything Uh, and that was like I again I didn't think about you know um, wanting a transplant it was it was there you know it was an option I was doing the things like kind of that I needed to do to get there but I was still like very hesitant about it Um, so my daughter was born in September and then I I was in the hospital with some type of crazy infection that I got from a surgery because of my dialysis port, all this other shit. Um, I get out the night before my daughter's born. I, remember I get home. Yes. I sleep for four hours. Um, their mom comes in. She tells me, "Hey, <laughs> my fucking water broke," and I'm like, "Okay, all right. I'm getting up, ready like to ready to go. Yes. You know, I just got out of surgery, whatever." And she's like, "No, just." just stay, you know, just stay here, sleep a little bit. Um, you know, grandma's on the way, grandma's going to watch the kids and I'll hit you up when I'm ready. So literally hits me up. I I get there. And within the hour, my daughter's born, that was fucking cool as fuck. That was so epic. Um, and then again, like I just like, Oh, boom, snap. This was, this was an eye opener again. Now I have my little baby girl, uh, completely different emotional shift as a man obviously you're like that's my baby girl i will do anything in the fucking world for her oh right um whereas my son i will do anything in the world for him but he's a man like i can you know i can kind of hey you know you can fend for yourself like we live in miami man you know i know how fucking dudes are here bro so it kind of it really kind of just put me on this fucking like damn like now i got a girl and one of my homies hits me up and he's like dude prepare to pay for your sins. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, all right. But so my daughter's born uh, and she was born in September, October. I di- I decided to go in for my routine labs as I always do. And I was already on the list. I had been on the list for about a year. And, you know, they're doing blood work and they're doing all these things. And I, I woke up, On the 28th of October, this was on a Tuesday. No, I'm sorry. This was on a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. I had dialysis. Take, you know, wake up. My routine thing was take my kid to school, drop him off, go to dialysis, get out, come home, rest, whatever. I get a call from the transplant center. And I'm like, well, you know, this is like 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? And pick it up. Hey, this is uh, so-and-so. We're calling you from Jackson. Uh... Shout out to Jackson Memorial Hospital. (laughs) Um, We, you know, we have a kidney for you. Uh, Do you, (laughs) do you you want to come in for a transplant? That's how they fucking positioned it, right? Do you want to come in? And I'm here like, yeah, you know, let me make some time (laughs) to fucking go. Let me call in real quick. Yeah, let me, you know. Tell
0: Alex I can't come print right now. Right. (laughs) Like, yeah,
1: I'm going to go get a transplant, guys. I I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to work today. So, I'm there like, what the fuck? And, dude, literally the week before, um, I was sitting there and I'm on my couch and I think we were having dinner. Um, and my like, dude, like this, this sense of like, I want this to happen. I really want it to happen before it wasn't, I didn't have that mindset. I didn't want it. I, I, like I told you, man, I I really didn't care for it. I was comfortable with what I was doing. I didn't want to put my family through a transplant. Like it's tough. Um, but my mind shift, like it really changed. Like again, I see my daughter and I'm like, man, if I can put on a couple more years of not, you know, having to be on this machine, you know, how much more beneficial will it be for them? I know it's going to be hard. I know it's not going to be easy, but the end result, taking care of myself, working out again, doing all the things that I need to do, I can give myself a long time without having to be on dialysis again, right? Right. So, yeah, dude. I then the week before, I was like, "Nah, fuck it. You know, like, I, I want this to happen. They called me, dude, like, the week after. And I told you, I was like, dude, they literally called me the week after. I, like, just my mind was just like, I really fucking want this. Yeah. Um, And it happened, dude. So, it's it's almost, almost a year, right? A ton of shit has happened in between the transplant. It's not as easy as the first one because my brother's kidney was, like, a perfect match. This one was a little bit different from a cadaver, so, like. A dead dude's body gave me his kidney, uh, and you know I, I I I don't know who he is. They're, they're not allowed to like share that information. Sure. You know they're not you know none of that. But I whoever he is, very appreciative uh, for for that. You know, um, and yeah, dude, here we are now, man. i uh, <laughs> fucking literally a week out of the hospital, and I was just I went in, you know, just last week. Uh, numbers were a little different, numbers were a little off, but nothing to be too concerned about, I had, you know, another battle a couple months back, um, that was cause for concern, and they, you know, they felt like this was like a lingering issue, and dude, everything came back clean, everything's good, numbers looking nice, so I can't complain, bro, like, I'm, I'm very happy, you know, a little bit of a setback financially, and like, you know, mentally, you're sitting in a room, waiting for these things to happen, so the anxiety's through the roof, you're like, Doctors are coming in, they're talking to you, telling you all these things, and you're like, "Fucking hey, dude, like, is this it? Like, is it going to happen again? Um, you know, luckily it didn't, and my, my mindset kind of stayed on that. Like, I tried really fucking hard to, like, keep my mindset positive um, and and just kind of push through it. And luckily, man, the biopsy came back good. Like, everything came back clean, man.
0: So I can't complain, dude. And, and here we are. Man, if people listen to the story, if anything that it does, I hope it helps you put things in your life into perspective because literally I've known you through all this I've seen all this happening I've yeah. had a lot of conversations with you and it's helped me put so many things in perspective every time I have some little fucking hiccup okay man I, I lose this gym and I lose you know 20, 30 grand and whatever it is but in the grand scheme of things it's not a freaking big deal you know yeah. and uh, you know it's y- you've helped motivate me a lot and it's you know seeing that and seeing your mentality and seeing how you know you don't let it ever defeat you and you choose to defeat it and overcome it man like that's that's really big. That's, that's the really
1: yeah. Big. You know what? That's like the that's my main thing. Like I don't want to take a fucking punch and not be able to punch back. You know. So th- that again, we take it back to twenty fucking twenty uh, early nineties. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah early two thousand. Yeah. You know, like take a punch. You you better punch back. You know. Um. And and that do that mentality. Obviously, the whole time I'm in the hospital. I have to get up, I have to walk, I have to do all these things literally like right after my transplant. So like, what's the first thing I put on? It's like, well dude, let me put on some Jesus piece. Like they're fucking great right now. Like I fucking love everything that they're doing. Um, and man, like just walking through the hospital, like with my AirPods on, like listening to hardcore. Nobody knows what I'm listening to. Right, right. Like the doctors are looking at me. I'm smiling and shit, <laughs> saying good morning. And like in my head, I'm you know, like, you want to mosh on them? And yeah, fucking dude. I literally want to just start throwing fucking <laughs> papers and like stomping on them and shit. Um, and yeah, dude, like that kind of just like it gets you. It, it gets you through it, man. Like I always go back to hardcore when I when I really fucking need it. I know, I know it's there, uh, and it, it, man, it helps me so fucking much, even, you know, through lifting, through everything, man, any, any, any position that I've ever been, that I've felt vulnerable, or weak, or I needed a boost, hardcore was there, man, so it, it's, it's fucking cool, man, it's really cool how, how it's impacted my life, and, like, now passing it on to my kids. Right. <laughs> right. Like my this- daughter, my daughter fucking loves it. She like rages heavy in the house. <laughs> um, I try to be a little bit more soft with her, but like, you know, big bro, we're you know, we're thrashing around the house. Yes, and we're just sir. like teaching him shit. So it's cool, man. He's jumping on the couch, jumping on my back. I'm like, Yeah, here we go, dude. We got a little fucking headwalker, man. Let's go. I love it, man. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, it's a
0: lot of fun, dude,
1: for sure. you've been
0: out of the gym for a while, so now we've been talking. Now it's time to get back in it, huh? Yes, sir.
1: Yes, fucking sir. Uh, It has been a very long time, and I've been pushing to get back into the gym. I've had to wait about six months, obviously the transplant, then, you know, the complications that I've had, um, but now, like, I kind of, I just got clearance to, like, start lifting again. And my whole, like, entire self has been so stoked. Because obviously, like, throughout my, my, you know, dialysis and stuff like that, working at the shop, doing full-time, you know, my other job, I was going to the gym, man. Uh, I had started, you know, I had hit you up. We started working together. And I was like, dude, like, you know, you put me on game. You put me on a program. And, you know, my body was good, dude. I was treating it great. Like, getting fucking jacked and, and feeling good. Um, and I, I miss it, man. I miss it heavy because it was it was such a staple and such a routine and like everything that I did. I just added it to my to my repertoire of, you know, making myself the best that I could be physically um, so that my body could take care of itself with everything that was going on. So it feels good, man. It feels great to like know that I can. Obviously, I got to wait a couple of days since the biopsy or whatever. But um, once I found out that I could, it was like, all right, well. You know, I'm going to start doing a couple of pushups here and there <laughs> and start some squats and, you know, start getting like really, really, really back into like, you know, hey, the mindset of like, all right, it's, it's fucking crunch time, dude. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to be able to implement this new, this new kidney, this new mentality, new kids, uh, all of these new things and, and keep daddy strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like keep dad going so that I can continue to do what I want to do, you know, like, dead guy, printing, just, just enjoying time, man, like, I really, I appreciate the working for myself, instead of working for someone else, where I can be the freelance, you know, like, hey, you need me to print this job, all right, man, like, let's get it, like, I'll do it, you know, Um, and I'm not tied to, you know, a corporation, or like, don't get me wrong. I love my job, dude. They have done everything for me. Shout out to Apple. I'm gonna do a shameless plug because <laughs> they have really helped me out through a lot. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, man, I I want I want more time with my family. Right. You know, I want more time with my kids. I want more time to see them grow, to see them learn, to do a lot of a lot of cool shit. So it it, it you know taking that you know taking control of myself again. Yeah, where I, I have this, you know, I have this disease that I can't control. And I'm I'm a bit of a control freak, I'm not gonna lie, like, because I want to, you know, everything that I can keep within my, you know, within my grasp, I, I try really hard to maintain it, to make sure that it's, it's set, and it's good to go. Um, and then the factors that I can't control, you, you kind of just roll with the punches, right? Yeah.
0: Well, we can control our mind. You know, that's exactly that's, uh, we, and we or at least we can try to. And that's yeah. like one of the things that like having that mental fortitude and like choosing your thoughts and choosing the path that you want to allow your mind and controlling all the other factors that you can control in your life and focusing on those and seeing you do that. I think it's it's like you're you're doing the right thing. No, you no. know? I appreciate that, man. I really do,
1: man. I really do. It is uh it's not I, I will say it's not for anyone, it's not for everyone. Um and I tell myself, like I tell myself that every day, I, if this was, if the, I, I would never wish this upon anyone, obviously. Um, but, you know, the, the fucking world chose me to do this and who better, who better to do fuck it? fuck the world, stick it to them <laughs> and just get it done, right? You know who better to yeah. fucking do it, man. And, and I, I try to, to motivate other people. I, I don't, I don't fucking get preachy, you know what I mean? You know, we have conversations, obviously you and I are really good friends and like I see, you know, people going through what they go through and everybody has a right to, to, you know, bitch and complain and fucking, you know, get mad at life. And when I can share my story, if anybody, you know, wants to ask, you know, it, if I put things into perspective for them where they're like, man, like, not what I'm going through isn't as bad, but I appreciate the time that I have and the, the health that I have and the people that I have around me that I know I'll get through it. Yeah, that's my that's my main fucking like kind of outlook on on situations and shit like you can get through it, bro. You can get through it. Like watching my mom go through her battle with cancer. You couldn't tell, man, you can't tell that she's fighting it, that she's dealing with all these things. And like that attitude carried over to me. Yeah, like nobody, nobody knew anything unless I let you in, unless I right. told you. Right. Like. Nobody at my job, nobody, you know, like, nobody fucking knew. And I, you know, I, I like that. Like, I yeah. like, you know, I don't want I don't want anybody to fucking pity me or, oh, poor this dude. Or yeah. da, da, da. Nah, man, fuck that. Like, get your shit together, fight it mentally, physically, emotionally, like, and, and pull yourself out of the fucking dirt, man. Like, it, it is a great feeling when you can do that. When you can really, like, when you can look back at your your timeline and say, all right, I accomplished this, I accomplished, because these are all accomplishments, they may not be professional, they may not be um financial, but they're they're fucking there's some heavy life goals in there man like yeah there's some heavy milestones that I've accomplished and and I'm gonna continue to accomplish because you know. Sky's the fucking limit, I guess. You know?
0: Yeah, 100 percent, man. <laughs> yeah. Got to take all the punches and roll with them, right? Absolutely, man. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see you back in the gym because I, I remember when you first came to Seoul years back. Like you were you were all in. You were you were bought into that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And now it's like it was it was kind of a part of your life. But since you had so many other things going on, you know, it kind of was just kind of there in the background. And I'm super excited for to announce soon the new uh, the new location for the Ghost Gym. Let's so go. Malcolm and I work together. You know, he he helps me with the screen printing. End of things, he has his own brand, Dead Guy. I have my own brand, Cold Mine, and we all, you know, we have ghosts that we do the, all the printing for. Yeah. So, you know, the goal with uh, the gym is to have a space that can facilitate at that as well. So, you know, we're going to have a big office space where all of our printing equipment is going to be set up, as opposed to right now, it's all done out of my house and out of my garage. Yeet. And so, uh, <laughs> he'll have you, he'll have no goddamn excuse, right? Yeah, Literally right man. outside of the door, we're you right got there. the full gym right there. Yes, so, dude.
1: that's it, that is what I look forward to. I can just like print for a little bit come out you know work on some designs get and get yeah. get a little fucking pump dude. yeah, yeah dude. so if
0: you guys ever come by ghost gym you stop you come into our office you'll probably see malcolm there printing most definitely like, what's up man yeah. don't, don't don't shy away i know i, I may look like a dick but uh, <laughs> I, i'm a really <laughs> not, nice guy. not as much as i do so you know you're good you're good <laughs> Yeah. But no yeah, so that that's that, that's what we got going on, you know. So De- Dead Guy is uh, is Malcolm's brand. If you guys are fans of Cold Mind, check out Dead Guy. It's it's very very similar dark art style stuff that Malcolm does. All of the art for. Yeah. Um, he is also a freelance graphic designer. So if you're I ever am. looking for, you know, any, any specific work, you know, reach out to him. We're both, you know, working together as far as, you know, different brands go. Um, you know, whether it's printing for the brands, consulting for the brands and all that. It's it, it's both of our passions. And that, it, it, that stems back to the music and the art and the creative end of things that now we're able to outlet it and express it into this. And, you know, I'm very lucky to have him on the team and very lucky to, you know, work alongside with him. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, it, it's really cool, dude. Like, it's cool to to take all of the things
1: that we've developed as kids and like young adults, and now where we are, and and kind of push it out in a in a very positive a very uh, but it's still dark like oh it's yeah. still you uh, know yeah, what yeah. I mean, it's still fucking grimy like yeah. I, I love all that shit man like where people just look at my stuff and they're like what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and I'm like uh, nothing man
1: nothing. <laughs> life is great dude like, yeah. what's wrong I with, I tell with them, you? like, if you take a closer
0: <laughs> look at me my tattoos are exactly that so you yeah. know now you just, you're, it's easier to see in the t-shirt the, <laughs> right. new, the newest cold mind shirt that will be releasing next week on the 21st they're printing it today probably by the time this comes out there'll be pictures of it online it's yeah uh Lauren didn't want me to do it, and I waited for a couple tro- uh, drops to do it. It's a fucking, like, it's like a n- kind of nun-looking lady in a coat and a burning church in the background. It Fire. says, believe in yourself, yes, you know? Sir. But it's, it's just, it's, it's true. It just, believe in yourself, you know? Like, what have you done through all of this? You believe that you can overcome it, and you did every step that you could to overcome it, yeah, you know? Man, so it's yeah. cool that we're able to express, like, different philosophies and different things in our life, in yeah. our art, and in that creativity, you know? Yeah,
1: man, it's great, dude. It, it really is, like, it's cool, because that my whole like when i started it right when i started excuse me when i started dead guy uh it was more like tattoo based like i was really like you know traditional tattoos that art style that that format um and as times changed my my whole mindset has changed to where like what what am i trying to kind of convey with this like like my darkness how do i make what i'm feeling my anger my fucking you know my hate and all the things and how can i put it out positive to the where the person there are people out there that feel the same way and like will love what i'm trying to get across so how can i make this you know it's fun for me man really like i obviously treat it like a business but at the same time it's more of a it's more of a therapeutic thing for me to to really sit there and like what am I thinking right now? Like I, I just pumped out like a couple of designs while I was in the hospital because uh, I'm, you know, on these different medications, like fucking with my brain, like steroids are, you know, got me really fucking mad. (laughs) Uh, And like, how can I convey this in a, in a positive way where I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to harm anybody. If I piss you off like that, that's not my concern, honestly, like my beliefs are my beliefs. and, And that's how it is. Like everybody's allowed to kind of, you know, think and do what they want. And I respect that. I've never, you know, I'm not disrespectful towards anybody's beliefs or what they, you know, what they see or what they do. Um, But at the same time, I do, you know, I I command fucking respect at the same time. Well, it's funny because
0: my brand being newer than yours, but I've had, I've had, I have a bigger reach. So a lot more people have seen it and I've gotten a lot of response and I've, you know, asked for a lot of feedback and sure, you know, my designs and some of the things I do may have, you know, uh, um, offend a small amount of people but it's what's really cool for me because I'm all about data and I'm all about listening and looking you know looking at what I can see and I have such a wide audience of people who who love cold mind and can find different ways that it can relate to them like the way that you and I come up with a design or when we put something out we may have our own you know uh, thoughts or message behind it that we think may not connect to everyone yeah but There's always ways that things can tie back, you know, and it's like one of the most recent shirts I put out, the "Find beauty in darkness shirt, you know, and it's like, I had such a wide array of people I see buying that and tagging me in it. And those are the people you'd think wouldn't be attracted to a dark art or something of that (laughs) sort. But it's, it's literally what it says. You can find the beauty in darkness and find a way for it to kind of relate back to you. And that's, that's the cool expression of art. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool, man. And And I'm really looking to kind of push the envelope a
1: little bit more um, and do kind of more like installation pieces with my printing and with my art and things like that. I've done it before, uh, just more like now kind of kind of trying to shift that focused. And the brand is cool. Like the clothing is great. Like I print more just so I don't have to wear other brands, Mm -hmm. you know, like I kind of want to just wear the homies stuff, like support coal mines a hundred percent, obviously. And, and like, you know, the, the more local kind of grown stuff, like I like that. Um, But I, I kind of want to put it on, on bigger things, man, like more like kind of wood-based, kind of artistic.
0: That's super kind cool. Of, yeah, dude. Love so that. it, that's
1: that's another thing that I'm like, you know, I dabbled in b- before a little bit, and, and it came out great. You know, I had a solo show not too long ago, um, and I, I kind of want to do, you know, a few more of those. So, like, it, it's cool, man. I want to see, you know, where it's going to take me. Um, it has been, you know, it's been my baby for the last, like, for the last like five years, um, since it's like kind of you know, inception or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, dude, like I, I really love the the reach that I have now. Like it's it's grown in its in its own way organically. I haven't never really been like much to push it, just like, hey, I have something coming out. If you'd like to buy it, cool, buy it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and the response is always fucking amazing, man. This last drop that I did, uh, which we did, which was really cool because we did it. We did our drops around the same time, and then I didn't realize that we were dropping at the same time, but our reach is completely different. Mm-hmm. But it was cool because like my people were like, "Oh, I love Cold Mine," and then like some of your people were like, "I love your shit." So it's 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 just really cool how we are able to kind of together just like touch on different people's like perspectives in art and in, in our like you know what are we thinking, what are we doing, how how do we perceive things, and have people you know kind of relate to us and talk about it too because it's a it's a conversation piece man i think we we have these we have these avenues and we have this reach where we can have conversations with people about what we're thinking and it may shift their their mentality and their personality or you know whatever it may help them through whatever they're going through dude and that's yeah. like that's the end goal man honestly it's really to just help anybody with whatever they're going through mentally physically emotionally like just here to fucking help dude so if you find me on Instagram, Dead guy designs, feel free to, to follow. If you want to have a conversation after this, man,
0: I, I would, I would definitely love to have conversations, man. I'm, I'm all about it. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So this has been an, an, a killer episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like Malcolm just said, find him on Instagram, dead guy designs, you know, have a conversation with him. If you, if this, you know, episode meant something to you, send him a message, let him know. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah, dude, definitely. We
1: got, we got some big, we got big things coming, man. Hell yeah, man. Big things. So I'm really looking forward to that, dude. The, the new spot is going to be fucking sick. It's going to be great. Um, and then like, obviously like all the, the attention that we're getting and like the clients we're bringing in, we really appreciate you guys as well. So just stay tuned, man. Stay tuned more to
0: fucking come. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode of metal to the masses.